Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast hello everybody Thursday. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Rich, the host around these parts. I am so glad uh, that you decided to tune in. I know there's a lot going on at your church, uh, particularly this week as we uh, head into this weekend, and I'm just so honored uh, that you would take some time out to listen in. Today, we've got Matt Robertson on the line from Gateway Fellowship Church. This is a fantastic church that started back in 2008. Um, and they've done some really cool stuff around church planting and reaching out into their community. And, and I've seen some amazing things happen uh, in the last few years. And I, we're excited today to have Matt, who's your executive pastor of ministries, uh, on the line. Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Rich. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much. I'd love to hear uh, you know, a little bit about Gateway Fellowship. For folks that don't know, that haven't kind of heard your story, tell us a little bit about the church and tell us about your role there. Well, as you said, we started back in 2008 uh, in a living room with just a handful of people praying over the city of San Antonio, just a, a huge burden for the city. Uh, they began to grow and they conducted services in a, a few different places and took over a hotel ballroom for a little bit and jumped into an elementary school for a bit and then ultimately landed in a theater uh, where they, they conducted services for about, I guess, about three or four years. Um, and it was Around that time, John really began, our pastor, lead pastor, John Van Pei, began praying, uh, you know, that God would lead us and direct us to uh, some land. Uh, we had a couple of different opportunities that were afforded to us, but in the end, just everything fell through. And uh, then there was a relationship that developed with Hobby Lobby, and um, and man, they, they bought a piece of land for us. They donated it to the church, and we were able to immediately begin to build on, on that land. And uh, we launched in 2015, Easter Sunday, here in our new property, new facilities. It's been been amazing. So so now what happened? Well, first of all, let's back up before. Let's t- pull apart the Hobby Lobby p- part piece of this story. Like this is, this is an interesting piece of what happened here. Tell us a little bit more about that. It's an absolute miracle. Um, yeah. I got I to gotta confess, I was not here in the middle of all that, so I'm going to speak very generally about it. Mm-hmm. But um, but we have a relationship with AG Financial uh, Trust, and, and through that relationship, they connected us to David Green, who has a vision, obviously, to see the local church advance in the, in the nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of what they do on occasion is they will uh, offer opportunities to purchase land. They'll hold on to it for a year. And then they'll uh, they'll donate it to a church. Um, I don't know what their process is for going through all of yeah, that. That's and amazing. Sorry, Hobby Lobby, for all of a sudden now you're getting five thousand applications. But yeah, man, exactly. <laughs> it was uh, it was just amazing and, and just a miracle from the Lord and just very timely for us as a congregation. So yeah, that's amazing. So um, how many people were attending before you moved into the building, and what did that look like? Kind of the lead up to uh, the move in, and this was uh, 2015, right? So we're just over maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was really crazy. Um, don't really know how to explain it, but we had about 800, a little over 800 in the theater. Mm-hmm. And when we launched on Easter Sunday, and Easter Sunday is kind of 
kind of normally a little bit bigger than normal, but we, we launched with 1,800 people wow. in, the, in the new building Crazy. Easter Sunday. We were able to retain probably about 1,400, 13 or 1,400 wow. of those. And um, I, I don't know, that was about a year and a half ago, but, but this year we, we came into the fall and, and now we, 16 months later, man, we, we find ourselves right about 2,600 on a weekly basis. So yeah, we're, we're staggering 189% growth and we're just asking God, help us, help us to be faithful a little bit um, to, to what you've put in our lap. So it's well, great. I, you know, I, I know there's a lot of church leaders that are listening in that will be like, man, that's, that, that's amazing. That's incredible. I, you know, wish that would happen at my church. I do hear the uh, humility in your voice. And I know that's how you position, you know, yourself that, you know, it's not like, Hey, look at us. We've got this all figured out. There's gotta be some pain associated with that kind of growth, you know, going from, you know, 800 people to, you know, 26, 2700 people in, in a, in a relatively short period of time, you know, what did that look like? How was it that you've, you know, what are the lessons you've been learning through that? Uh, it was very, it's very scary. You know, you, you wake up every morning with just a realization that, oh, oh God, help me, help us today. Uh, we absolutely depend on the Lord for everything that we do. Um, very quickly, Rich, we became lids. All of us became potential lids, including our facilities, our facilities that were designed to ultimately uh, carry us three, four, five years into the future um, overnight. I mean, we had just moved into them overnight. They already become a lid. And so facilities were a lid. Our own ministry growth and development <laughs> was a potential lid. Crazy. You know, you have a student ministry of about 70 and all of a sudden now it's 150. You've got a, a kid's ministry of 120 and now it's running four or 500 every single week. And so overnight, you have to develop systems and processes that you thought you'd have a little bit more time to move into. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it, was, it was a crazy, fun, scary experience. Wow. Continues. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Now, when you talk about, um, you know, the lid, what is it that you've been able to do to try to lift that lid? Um, maybe with your own team or, you know, with caring for folks. Um, what, what, what have you been able to do on that front? Sure. Well, we, we kind of, we, we identified six main areas that we really wanted to focus our attention on. There's nothing real special or unique about them, but I mean, overnight we knew we were gonna have to do something with staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we going to handle staff? How are we going to hire staff? And we just decided early on, we're going to break the rules uh, when it comes to how we care for our staff. You know, we, we know a lot of churches where their staff members get off maybe one weekend a, a year mm. uh, typically, but we said, we're going to break the rules and we're going to allow our, our staff members, our team members to get off six Sundays a year. Hmm. So we did that. We allow our staff members to have a sabbatical uh, for pastors after five years of serving, um, we give out date night gift cards to our, you know, our uh, full-time married staff members. Um, you know, whenever we hit a target or a special mark or whatever, we allow that. We have special staff play and, and pray serve days where, you know, the fifth Tuesday of every month, we'll we get together to do either something fun or we'll go do some. We'll serve together in a different component outside of our local church. Uh, and then we have Fifth Fridays. Um, you know, our, it's a real big deal to our pastor that our our team stays relational. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, one of the one of the big things uh, that that I I noticed when I came here about a year and a half ago was just mm-hmm. that how, how the the process for hiring here was just different than what I'd encountered anywhere else. We <laughs> we hire only from within for the for the most part, and mm-hmm. so we gives us an opportunity to really watch uh, people who are already doing the work, who already carry the culture of the ministry. Um, and they also have a built-in relational equity too. So I mean, man, when they start on day one, 
they start. I mean, right. they start right away. They've already got people in their circles of influence. And so um, it, it's been good. So we, we focused on staff a little bit. Um, and then, now, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about that? What, you know, the, um, when you think about staff health, the thing I love you there is just some practical ideas around, you know, here's some ways. What, um, was that born out of some pain that, that happened through this process? I'm assuming, right? That it was like, hey, this just overstretched the team. And, and now that you've kind of implemented that, what is the difference? You know, you've kind of made a few, have you seen some differences? You know, what is it, what's the, what has shifted in the culture during the, you know, the last number of months, maybe even just the time you've been there? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, just the, the staff was, I mean, we're working out and we've added a Saturday night service and we have, uh, you know, three Sunday morning services and, a, and an Espanol service uh, on Sunday. And so our weekends are just, uh, it used to be a dedicated time for, for, for him maybe hanging out with family, you know, it can potentially be a time where you're ramping up for, for yes. you know, again every week. So, uh, yeah, it did, it did become, you know, something that we saw immediately that we wanted to address, um, mm-hmm. But again, it's a, it's always been a real sensitive area for our pastor. He's, he's always wanted to make sure and protect the health and the life of our staff. So Very cool. Now, how did you care for all those people? So all these people show up. I know there's pastors that are listening in that are saying um, to go from, you know, 800 people to, you know, the number you're at now. That's just a lot more problems. That's a lot more people with a lot more issues. Um, how is it that you're able to care for those people in a in a real tangible way? So you're not kind of letting people fall through the cracks. What's that look like? Yeah, well, it was it was a real big deal when when our pastor launched the church, even back in 2008. We're going to be we're going to be a small group uh, driven ministry, and so from the very beginning, it was very intentional about forming the church around the building of small groups. Um, and so from the very beginning, that's that's how we approach that whole that whole deal. Now we have 50 percent participation we're seeing in small groups. Uh, you know, we're trying to play catch up, but we have 70 or so small groups uh, for our adults alone. But we do small groups. Rich from from children to student ministries to adults. I mean, every single component of our ministry follows that vision, that mission, um, and it's a great way for, for, for again for kids and for students to build relationship with mentors and, and and do that. So that's where all of our pastoral care happens. Our small group leaders um, they they take all the hospital visitation. Mm. Um, they do the ministry. They do one on ones. Uh, every single one of our small group leaders, you know, they have about a group of about ten to twelve. But they meet uh, weekly as a group, but then they also meet throughout the month individually with people. And how, how's your spiritual life doing? You know, we follow the we follow the the model of up, in, and out. And so they'll take a few minutes. How's your relationship with Jesus doing? You know, and then and then they'll they'll go inward. You know, how are you doing? How's your marriage? You know, what's what's going on there? And then how's your ministry? Mm-hmm. How are you doing your small group component? How are you doing at work? And so we have that kind of care not only for our small group leaders, but also. Mm-hmm for our church body it's happening so it's it's been a really good good thing you know we have training for our small group leaders as well that takes place to help prepare them for those moments hmm. um but uh, but yeah no we couldn't do it without our without the the heavy weight and focus of small groups here of course absolutely now what are you doing to get people plugged into groups on the you know people that with as they're arriving what does that process look like how are you and i know every church is always trying to improve that but what is it <laughs> what's kind of the current process look like Oh my goodness! Our our small group leaders are, uh, of course, we're a big hunting area here in San Antonio. I nice. mean, hunting here and all kind of stuff. Man, they take on the role of a hunter, fisherman, whatever you want to call it. I mean, <laughs> they go on the offensive. I'm telling you, they are radical about getting people into their small groups. They, oh, um, we 
we have uh, we have and people are waving signs out in front. We have this den where everyone gathers after service, yep. and um, we we've got of course the you know we call them the docks, and we've got you know small group cards laid out with you know small group leader pictures blasted all over it with bios and mm. uh, just so it's really cool. But people get an opportunity kind of uh, a shop, if you will, I guess mm-hmm. for maybe a group fits them. They, it's also based on ge- geography. So wherever mm-hmm. they live, it's more convenient. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm telling you, they, those leaders get out there with, Hey, f- you know, talk to me about a small group and uh, you know, they're tagging, they're tagging people in the hallways and yep. they take very seriously. The fish are in the boat and we need to, to disciple them, get them connected. And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. Actually. Very cool. Is that every week that's happening or is that like a, you know, you know. every week? Wow, every that's amazing. Week, every single week. We also do a couple of big events. We're not necessarily an event-driven church, but yeah. once a quarter we usually have a big event uh, where the, the, the sole idea behind that is to connect with people. We have, have them put on different color name tags if they're not already connected in a small group. And so our small group, I mean, they just attack them. I mean, it's like, it's like they're going after them. And after the, we've asked them, hey, do you feel violated after, you know, after this event, you know, people that aren't connected in a small group? And they say, no, uh, the opposite of that is true. We've, we've never felt more loved yes. and, and like cared for. Uh, the people who care enough to ask us if, you know, to be a part of their small group. So it's pretty. That's a good, that's a great little, just to kind of tease that out there. That's a great little, just even tactic. I think this thing we, we constantly battle with in churches is um, we do want to create some anonymity. We want people to be able to control the experience because there's people that come and there's a, you know, a fair amount of nerves around that. But then the reality of it is people need connection. They need to actually plug in and get to know some people. And in order to do that, um, we just have to create a little bit of, you know, um, you know, friction in their lives, and and something as simple as like a different colored name tag um, can do that. That's uh, that's that's really cool. Well, I can imagine growing quickly, getting volunteers. Uh, you just talked about kids ministry. I immediately went to some of my kids ministry friends who were like, "Man, I can't believe it. If we went from a hundred kids to five hundred kids, I'm not sure what we do." Um, well, maybe I do. They they quit. Um, what you know? What have you done <laughs> yeah. to uh, you know to try to continue to you know feed your system and and connect people in serving opportunities? You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, our director of volunteers is actually the uh, children's pastor's wife. Okay. So uh, she just she just recruits everybody for their department, and uh, and everything works out just well. Of course, I'm kidding. But yes. uh, at any rate, we look for people who are we call internally we call them fat people who are fat, faithful, available, and teachable. Teachable when it comes to developing our volunteer base, we have. Um, you know, right at about 650 active volunteers. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's been really fun to watch happen. Just 250 of those we've added this year. Hmm. Um, and so we're, we're very intentional. We do our big asks from the stage. And so, hey, you know, uh, we'd love to have you here. But, you know, we celebrate our volunteers on a regular basis. And we 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 push it from the stage a lot with video. We, we share testimonies of people who are engaging in the ministry. And, you know, Andy Stanley's adage, you know, what you do for one, what we wish we could do for everybody. We do, we'll honor, we'll bring them up on stage, give them gift card, love on them, just mm-hmm. thank them for, for being faithful. Um, you know, we, th- so those are some of the things we do. And we have like a volunteer roundup, you know, a yearly mm-hmm. celebration where we pull everyone together and we just have a bunch of fun together. It's mm-hmm. a lot. So it's fun. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I think we talked about three things, staff development. We've talked about pastoral care, volunteers. What, what else were we, you know, in the six that we've, you know, things that you identified, Hey, we gotta, we gotta focus on. 
Well, training and evaluation was was another thing that we really felt like we needed to. We're, we're constantly growing. We need to be growing so that we're not the lid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to be reproducing people who are learners as well. And so we had to learn very early on nothing is sacred. Um, I mean, you were hired to do this, but you may also be doing, you know, 20 other things mm-hmm. while, while you're at it. You know, no one's going to stay just in a specific lane mm-hmm. initially. We, we learned early on that as a staff culture, we wanted to have a fun staff culture and that that for us meant we we're going to be finishers. We're going to finish well. We're going to be unoffendable, uh, which means we're, we're not going to take things so easily, so to heart every single time. We're going to have to be quick to change and move and not be offended by it. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to have a team mentality, no I in team. And so we're going to have a fun culture. We're going to be constant learners. And so that not only is the staff learning, we're going to read 24 books a year. We're going to mm-hmm. listen to seven five or so podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have one-on-one leadership development. And um, and so we do that with our staff members. You know, uh, in, in, in some staff member situations, you can you can find where, you know, the evaluations may only take place six months into the year. But for us, when you're when you're adding and you're changing processes and systems so quickly, mm-hmm. you really need constant feedback. And yep. so we developed a monthly reporting system. So at the end of every single month, we meet uh, meet one on one with our direct reports and just kind of you know how is you doing again the up in and out strategy. Mm-hmm. How's your relationship with Jesus? How's your relationship with your wife? How are things going with you personally? Mm-hmm. And then how's your relationship with your ministry? Tell me about your ministry and what are you concerned about? What are your greatest challenges right now? Um, and so and we, you know that really provides some some guardrails for us so we can change more quickly mm-hmm. um, when the time comes and when it's necessary to do so and so constant learning constant teaching um, and developing our own leadership base and we see that in yearly performance evaluations rich we see it in mm-hmm. um, development of church-wide goals our mm-hmm. department goals at the beginning of every year we ask our, every single staff member to turn in a personal development plan for the year mm-hmm. and it's not like what most leaders would probably do when they're setting goals for the beginning of the year this is how I want to be with my health at the end of the year mm-hmm. this is what I see happen in my spiritual life this is what I want to see happen in in, in my family in my marriage you know I really want to mm-hmm. carve out time for date night you know that kind of stuff's a mm-hmm. big deal mm-hmm. so every single staff member has to turn that in and it's just a reminder it's important for us to be developing ourselves because we're going to people we're modeling for people what we expect to see out of them mm-hmm. so very cool very cool um yeah that's that's amazing what on the facility side what have you had to do you know i, I can't imagine you kind of touched on this earlier you know you yeah. you built this facility and it was like okay this is going to last us for three to five years and then yeah. wham okay that's a yeah. problem what have you done on that front uh, we just we had to add services. Uh, we we were at 85. You know they tell you at 75, 77 percent capacity. People start to it feels too full for them. They they walk in and they go, oh, this is full. I can't. I don't have a seat. We've had people climb back into their cars and and, and drive away, and that's just unacceptable to us. And so as a team, we again we made some decisions to to sacrifice. And so what we did is we just added another service and we began to promote and push those services and. You know, the middle service, our 1030 service was our most popular. And um, we really wanted to start driving people to the 9 a.m. And so we we began to cast vision for free tacos and uh, free, free breakfast tacos at the 9 a.m. service. Nice. You know, come feed your kids. It's yeah. You're going to be here anyway. Come feed your kids first for free. And uh, we still do that to this day. It's a great ad and people it keeps people coming to the 9 a.m. service. But we, we did a real big thing where we cast vision. And we, again, and, and this is moving into the six, one of the six components mm-hmm. that we do here is that we we we're, we're intentional about creating a culture around the why we're always talking about the why mm-hmm. we're celebrating the why it's always mm-hmm. in front of people and so when we started our saturday service this fall 
we got in front of them and we made it a missional opportunity. We need to create more seats for our friends to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. It's not acceptable to us that people are climbing back into their cars yes. and they're going back home again. We need to connect them in a seat. And so many of our volunteers, many of our leaders just said, you know what? This is me. I'm moving. Mm. So they moved to the Saturday night service. And so we we created moments of mission for people to to move and and, and they saw it as them being active in ministry. This mm. is their act street role, mm-hmm, creating mm-hmm. an opportunity. So it was, those are a couple of things that we did to create space. Our parking lots were jammed. It was just crazy, but, um, you know, it's just been, it's just been a great experience. Real <laughs> fun challenges that we've had to overcome. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show today. Been super honored to have Matt Robertson with us from uh, Gateway Church, Gateway uh, Fellowship Church. It's an exciting story uh, happening there. Uh, Matt, what is an online resource that you're using these days that's helping you uh, in your ministry? Oh, we love Evernote. Uh, John Van Pay, my lead pastor, turned me on to Evernote. Love it. Uh, I use it for my capturing all my meetings. I capture my devotional, my journal time, and those things as well. And I can easily search by anything by it. Love Evernote. I'm sold on it. Nice. Very cool. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last, you know, you talked about how you read 24 books uh, a year as a staff. I'd love to hear what's a book you've read in the last six months that's shaping your thinking or ministry? Oh, well, you know, for me, the relational journey has been has been one of the things that I've been working through. And so for me, um, it's never eat alone. Keith Ferrazzi has been a real good encouragement to me to always stay in front of people, always be connected. And another one was why does God allow pain and suffering? Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily for the same reasons, just leading through pain mm-hmm. uh, is, it was a big component and being more authentic mm-hmm. in, in our leadership style. So that was a good one. That was by Ravi Zacharias. So very cool. Very cool. What's another ministry that you're looking at that's, you know, kind of inspiring you that you're looking at and learning from these days? Well, I kind of was birthed out of Trinity Church in uh, Cedar Hill, Texas, and I love some of the things you're doing there. I'm telling you, they think so big mm-hmm. when it comes to reaching the community um, and and just just doing things with excellence. And so I carry obviously that a lot of that in my DNA. What Jim Hennessy and Tim Ferguson are doing there, but of course, you know, we have other influences in, in what we see with Elevation Church and we're following Hillsong and some of those other guys. Um, you know, if not from a distance, you know, we're 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 attending conferences and those kind of things. But we we love what we're seeing in them. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. Well, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, you know, who would you want to get that with and why? Okay. Well, I thought about this. <laughs> it's a I'm hard thinking, question. It's a tough one. It's a yeah, tough one. It is you know? a tough one. about presidents. I'm thinking about all these people. So <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, Brian Houston, hands mm. down, um, the fact that he is able to so quickly shift and navigate and he's still, I mean, he is extremely relevant with the young generation and, and, and he's always retooling and always shifting things and, and um, staying extremely relevant what they're doing. I'm so excited. To, when I see what he's doing, he just charges me up. I would love to sit down with him for 15 minutes. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is really amazing. I was at a, I was at a Hillsong Young and Free conference, uh, concert, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I, I was, my kids were going and I was excited to be there. It was great. And I was really reflecting back on, you know, his leadership thinking, man, it's really amazing what God's done through, you know, through Hillsong, through, you know, Brian's leadership in, in a global way. You know, they've made huge impact all over the world. Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. That's, he's a quite a leader for sure. Definitely. Well, well, you know, I'm sure leading in a church uh, like Gateway, you're just running all the time. But what do you do when you just want to unplug, uh, have, you know, have some fun, just do something, you know, to relax a little bit? Man, I love to golf. I love to get out and golf. It's just so much fun. My senior or lead pastor and I, we get out and hit the course, hit the white ball around the course. It's a a bunch of fun. I love to read too. 
and uh, and hang out with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, love to uh, man, I love to find obscure coffee shops with my wife and just hang out for a little bit. <laughs> nice. Just moments. I mean, we got a couple of kids. Uh, Nate uh, is about to turn seven, and Caleb is about to turn two, mm-hmm. and uh, and so our lives are kind of crazy. But man, we love to get out with the whole family and just spend uh, silly, be silly together. So nice. Well, this is great. I really appreciate you being on the show today, Matt. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, well, mygateway.tv. Mm-hmm. Mygateway.tv is the the website, and that you can get connected to any of us through the through the website. That'd be great. good. Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate you being on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Rich, for inviting me to be a part. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.